This episode of Speakers of Heidland is made possible by our generous patrons. Special thanks to our supreme and master speakers, Omeji Cat Comet, Erisu Yamakawa, Circa Barakil, Remy Asalia, Arcadia Lunashine, Alex Franco AV, Winebow Brood, Psyche, Asuta Starbreeze, Cletus Oreo, Nina Grimstarter, Nat Clay, Lily Black, Bob Cece, Mekta Rabentau, Sapa Chakwatol, Edwin, Umbral Wind, Quick Levin, Pamela Isley, Camille Grino, Alenriel Maximus, Codrith Novelist, Mira Mary, Bay Barbalay, Suno Chicano, Celesto Notrell, Lazy Boy, A Bag of Dragon Knight, Luke Osborne, Pandalu Storm Arrow, Tex, Yowie Wowie, Kylin, Chibi Duo, AJ Brainswordson, Anathos Moonscar, Arthur Law, and Biridan Derard. Support the show and become a patron today at patreon.com slash speakersxiv. Thank you. This is Speakers of Good evening, Aorcians. Welcome to Speakers of Idlin, episode 267. I'm Lukiel Bravestone, and I'm joined today by Georgi Wiston, Rollo Dez, and Mela Vanadar. Way. Woo! Welcome, oh, welcome, welcome. It is October 9th, 2021, and today our main story is the famed, uh, where, oh, say famed, it's the big uh, Yoshi P. Famitsu lore interview, part one, uh, translated by Ockmorning. Um, so it's a big interview, uh, and it's only part one, which sort of, well, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. Next week, obviously, we're going to talk about all the stuff that comes out from the media tour, um, which is going to be probably an XL episode. It depends on... Depends oh. on what comes out of it. I mean, we weren't on the media tour, so we have the horrendous job of picking up like whatever they throw out and then try to like Perhaps. turn that into a show somehow. <laughs> so that's going to be a fun. That's on Wednesday, I think, or is it Thursday? It's it's the thirteenth, and that is fifteenth oh, is oh, when the bar thirteenth is when it drops. So okay. Wednesday. So we have from Wednesday until Saturday to to put all of that shit together. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't know when part two of that interview comes out, uh, but it definitely won't be, even if it comes out <laughs> uh, next week, we will not be reading it because we'll be busy with Mediator stuff. And uh, we'll also talk about chaos um, because, well, it's chaos. And we'll be reading Mogmail. Also light. Also light, sorry, yes, but uh, chaos. It's funny to say it's chaos on chaos. So. Huh. Uh, all right. Uh, also, Mogmail, speakersxiv.com slash Mogmail. Uh, we'll read your Mogmail after recent events. And stay tuned for the post show. We'll be answering questions from the syndicate and premiering the minimum eye level from two, three, four weeks ago. I don't know how long it's been now. Uh, so kind. coming up. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, all right. Um, that is that. Make sure you catch the post show after the main show. All right. Let's jump into recent events. All right, we'll start with a weird one, <laughs> but uh, I guess it is, it, I mean, it is relevant. Uh, Windows 11 released uh, like last week, I think. And 
Yeah. Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Last oh. Tuesday. So um, uh, there's a post on the Lodestone about support for Microsoft Windows 11. We are currently performing compatibility testing on Final Fantasy 14 ahead of the official launch of Microsoft Windows 11 due for release on October 5th, 20, there we go, 2021. The testing process will take some time. We will make further announcements about official support for Final Fantasy 11 on Windows 11 at a later date. And they have... This is weird, because this was posted on the 7th mm. of October. <laughs> so... It's... It's written as if it was released before. Yes. Maybe someone forgot to click publish. Yeah. Or Maybe? is it? Or is the actual release on November the fifth? No, has it not released? Oh, it has out. released. That's a weird post then. So it was like in the drafts, but they just forgot to like publish it in time. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, so. Um. Well, there you go. They are. There's still no official support for Windows 11, which I will just say right now, if you want to be an early adopter, well, first of all, I would say don't be an early adopter of operating systems <laughs> because yeah. you're going to be... something you got to use every day. Yeah. Suddenly, like, sh just basic shit won't work. Like, you can't open Word anymore. You can't open Discord, you know. Well, probably not Word. Word would make Windows. sense for, to work, yeah. That, that is the Microsoft product. Um, okay. So there we go. No support yet for Windows 11. Now let's talk about EU data centers sure. again because that's a recurring issue. Um, October 7th, for about an hour, uh, well, no, not even. Like, well, okay, we'll, we'll get to the time. Um, so on October 7th, uh, something happened to the EU data centers. Uh, during the time period below, we have experienced network technical difficulties due to a communication failure that occurred on certain internet routes for internet service providers. We are happy to announce that the aforementioned issues have been addressed. Furthermore, in order to temporarily address these technical difficulties, we have performed an emergency maintenance on the Lodestone's login function from October 7th, uh, 2021, from 1637 to 1944 GMT, 1737 to, to uh, uh, 8.44 PM BST. The Lodestone can now be accessed normally. So, uh, K, uh, sorry, EU data centers were down from 425 well, I'll take it in BST from from five twenty five to six ten p.m. BST. So it's just EU life. Uh, EU the EU data centers just don't seem to be stable, uh, which is well, we're on old tech, aren't we? We're the ones who are still on old tech. Yeah, which we? Is, we used to be on on new tech when we moved yeah. from Canada to Frankfurt. I don't remember. We're in Germany yes, somewhere, I right? Think we're in oh, Germany. Think, but, yeah. yeah. I thought they were looking at servers in Paris next, or oh, France at least. Yeah, um, they. It's a little bit closer. There are some I upgrades that's what coming. They last mentioned in terms of where the servers would be moving when they upgraded, mm. but I could be misremembering. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, they're remember, not bad but... servers. It's just. They're obviously a bit well, too busy they, these days. They've been through a lot. Remember when there was like a literal like fire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it wasn't a fire. I thought it was a lightning strike. Oh, it was a lightning strike. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. God uh, doesn't like what? 14. There was like physical why the, damage. Why are the EU servers just so plagued by <laughs> misfortune? <laughs> I don't know. It's very odd. Uh, but we are getting new. Canada. It'd be better. 
No, no. no. <laughs> Come on, you can do Titan please, again like please, that. Please don't move Four us back to Canada. Eastern Europeans. <laughs> yes, yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, the, the issues continue. They can, they, we know that there's something coming soon. Like, they're going to, well, soonish, depending on the yeah. uh, shortage situation. Um, but yeah, that is a uh, no problem. I do think you're behind uh, in terms of priority compared to the Oceanic service at the moment. Mm, true, mm. true. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, that, that's it. That's it for recent events. We don't really have time to go through been, anything else, but there isn't anything nothing. else. Yeah, there's been nothing. Because everyone's getting ready for next week. Yep, <laughs> yep. All right, let's jump into Mogmail. <laughs> this is from Miles Sainsbro from Balmung. Fluid Aura as everyone knows, has become uh, the butt of jokes for being White Mage's most useless spell. First it caused damage and knockback, then it was knockback only, and currently it's a bind spell, which has little use since bind breaks when the target is damaged. Some say the spell needs a rework, and others feel it should be outright removed. What do you guys think should be done with the skill? Now, we know now. <laughs> we, we do know. This is, unfortunately, this is obviously an old Mogmail. But um, last live letter. I think I think what was done to it was what should have happened. I don't think there was any redemption for, and there's nothing you couldn't fix. Fluid aura. Um, you could have just reverted it back to what it was. I mean, that is a possibility. But oh no, because if it has damage, no. you know what's going to happen. Mm. You know how those dungeon runs are going to go. Right, you're gonna get the healer oh, yeah. walking up to the tank, and he's gonna like, I, I gotta do damage. It's it's it's, it's off cooldown. Let me just push this mob miles away. I always <laughs> did that, and every time I knew I pissed off the tank, and it just made me a little happy when I did it. <laughs> I saw the tank go off. Oh, same uh, thing with that uh, machinist skill. Did the same exact thing. Just knocks back an enemy. Oh, does a yeah. little bit of damage. Yeah. yeah. No crowd control anymore. No. No. He propose. Which is kind of annoying for like ranged enemies. Yeah. If there's no walls around. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the it's gone. Goodbye, Fluidora. Uh, you did. You were a strange spell. You were a strange spell. You were never really. They, lose. Good. They all your water it. is getting taken out of. All your elements are getting taken out of your spells. Yeah. Yeah. It's going into the big water bell thing now. They showed off. Mm, that's true. We're getting a bell. Ah, you're just light to me. It looks cool. You like that? It's probably right? just supposed to be light. Yeah, it's light. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Everything is light. Everything white mage is now light. They don't use well, air. They don't use water. They don't use earth. No. You've broken away from conjury into just being an amdapori. Well, we're we're doing white magic. Exactly. Yeah. It kind of makes sense from that perspective, but it doesn't. Do the quests Your now, because they country. don't make sense. Like, do the white mage quests. They don't. They have started to, like, not. They make less sense every fucking expansion. So. Mm -hmm. so um, you have holy. Mm, that's true. I mean. What is that? Spell? That's surely light. Yeah, that is light. It is light. Yeah. But, like, at least it's not getting taken away well, from it. That's well, true. Yeah. That's true. I think it's like Machinist, where it's like. All right, machinist. 
engineer person. They have a gun, right? That's how it started out, Heaven Sword. Mm -hmm. Okay, now you're a cowboy. Yeah, yeah. That is fast. You're a big cowboy with a big, sexy robot. Mm -hmm. That's what it you are. It started out as almost realistic in the lore, <laughs> and now it's like flamethrowers and massive robots. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, there are... Uh, the next one I'm going to have to just read, because I don't think it has a uh, visual, I'm now noticing. Um so uh, to to sell the illusion, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run the intro again. <laughs> wow, I'm sold an illusion. It's from Kip Monsoon from Shiva. Hiya, fellas. Monsoon. Monsoon. Sorry, Monsoon. 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 Uh, <laughs> from Shiva. Uh, hiya, fellas. Firstly, just want to say that I love the show and uh, so good to have the four of you back together dating this Mogmail as well. You do such an amazing <laughs> job uh, bringing your perspectives and, hu and humor to the show and I genuinely look forward to your podcast more than any other Final Fantasy 14. Sorry, Final Fantasy podcast out there. Ooh, even wider. Um, oh, and the production you. values are, as Lukeel would say... Um, uh, you guys keep getting better and better, so huge thank you. Thank you, uh, Kip. Now, my question, or more of a challenge, to be honest, is imagine in the future the Hydlin and Zodiac storyline, thank you, has ended, and the Yoshi and Yoshi P has come to each of you for uh, an, uh, for for the for ideas for the next expansion. He gives you a carte blanche to do anything you want for the MSQ. 24 and 8 man raids, beast tribes, locations, expansion names, etc. Hoping to hear your wild and wonderful ideas here, fellas. Go wild. Make your biggest 14 dreams come true. After all, we have hints as to possible directions for the game. Ignore them. What is your expansion going to be? Big love to you all. Your bloody brilliant Kip Monsoon. Thank you. Oh, so much responsibility. Oh, thank you. Mm. <laughs> Well, you can go first if you don't. mine has always been like just Eorzea expansion. Mm -hmm. There's a full. I want, I want the the MSQ to be all about like, uh, hmm, um, tying up the remaining loose ends of like what we have in Eorzea, like fixing the. Oh, I want to get access to the the other half of Vilbrand. Like the the cobalt side of Vilbrand, uh -huh. uh, maybe you know improving, which which is already happening in the MSQ, but like br like just finishing that arc with the the beast tribes, to like just mm -hmm. unite everyone. It'll be going based on what happened to Zelfatol and Pagelthan. It'll be a dungeon. Oh fuck! Lucky. Yeah, true. Um, I want, I want, I want. Oh, maybe like, it it might be very heavy shroud expansion because i want galmora mm -hmm. and amdapur to be like resolved or at least explained um those are two different things that, yeah that'd be interesting I, yeah um many patches we have like five patches so maybe one first half would be like galmora and then well, some amdapur and the other half or do Isn't we this for like 7.0 yeah, this is seven. Okay, so after, yeah. but we will have to just. I don't know what happens in Endwalker. So, Wait, it's over. Like whatever you know, it's just it's a clean slate. Yeah, I would like the twenty-four man. We're already getting a twenty-four man of the twelve, which is crazy. So That's still, mm -hmm. so that we haven't heard anything about that either. That dream has just come true, which I still can't believe. 
Um, so my 24 man would be like... Uh, Amdapur. No, I don't want Amdapur as a dungeon. I want that as like a zone. I want like Amdapuri zones, <laughs> which sounds impossible. We've already seen the Lost City, but Amdapur could be more. There could be more in there. Um, yeah. I don't know. Make shit up, Koji Fox. You can do that. You write the lore. <laughs> That's what the, he always gets. Like he's always excused when he's like, "Oh no, no, there's actually land there." And we're like, "Okay, that's fine. Just do that again, Koji. Just make some shit up." Um, um, God, I don't know. I my expansion is very all over the place because all I want is more Aorcia focused shit, like the. Floating city of Nim, like more Nim stuff would be cool. Um, but we already have a dungeon for Nim as well. I don't know. It's kind of difficult. <laughs> this is very difficult. We have one dungeon for Nim. We have four Amdipore dungeons. Dalmasca. Mm -hmm. I want a Dalmasca. I don't want to. I feel like every time I like you think about like a twenty-four man, like that's throwing it away. Putting it, putting anything in there means that that's all it's ever going to be. A twenty. I don't want Dalmasca to be like a twenty-four man raid, but maybe well, like a place in Dalmasca. What's it like, already is a bet. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's already a twenty-four already man. You're right. Well, that's the royal city of Rabban. That's what I was thinking. Like, I can just yeah. take like another piece of Dalmasca and make it. Yeah. No, it's already got too much. Leave Dal Dalmasca will be a zone. It will be MSQ. Twenty-four man is here. It is. It is the. Uh, hmm. You know what? It is... Da. It's Ulda? <laughs> Introducing Ulda! <laughs> 24-man raid! Uh, I actually don't know what will be a good 24-man. Like, I don't even, I don't really have, like, an idea of what the story is. Maybe, like, the aftermath of Endwalker, like, Garlemald's collapsed, and whatever we did with the shit after that. It'll be a political expansion. There you go. Everyone loves political expansions in this <laughs> in this game. Oh. There you go. Political, political expansion. expansion. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Political expansion. It won't just be... Doing statecraft. Yeah. Statecraft patch. Oh, it's going to be called Final Fantasy XIV Statecraft. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Constru build... Oh, and it's all about, like, turning all of, like... Eorcia into like just one nation like the oh. nation of Eorcia the united realm of Eorcia okay <laughs> the U R E okay beautiful <laughs> <laughs> all right I'll I'll try and say something that people don't say often at least because now everyone's already said stuff like oh god New world. brace Brace. Uh, I don't want, I'm not going to say anything crazy. <laughs> okay. Gosh. Okay. So oh, before you go, Rolo, before you say that, Rolo, we're, um, we're, we're slowly facing in a new, uh, we're upgrading our audio slowly. And Rollo is right now on his own audio channel. So I can, oh I can literally mute you on demand. Look, what? look. Rollo? Yeah, we can't hear you. But I can still hear Georgi and Mela if they talk. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. All right, you're back. Um, okay, go on. Go on, Rollo. Okay. Um, okay, so I got I got two ideas for this one, right? Or I guess, you know, we can throw in three, actually. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> first one, we do the no world thing, 
but it's not going to be Cowboys. I don't want Cowboy New World. I think that's too easy. Okay. We gotta we gotta do something inspired, you know. Take like a real southwestern kind of um, like mesa adobe adobe kind of okay. houses kind of thing. All right. You know, like uh, big big desert kind of shit. You know, mm-hmm. lots, okay. lots of cacti. Okay. Uh, I want that kind of area. That's like really inspired by like local. Or like kind of like Native American tribes from the, the Southwest, ones that weren't pushed from the other side, but mm-hmm. they were actually there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get that kind of like frontierness mm. without the cowboys. Uh huh. Frontier without the cowboys. That's Fr- what I want. Frontier without the cowboys. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. And then for the raids, what we're gonna do, right? So we're gonna go somewhere that no one's mentioned because no one cares. But you know what? I care. <laughs> We're gonna go to Nagsha. We're gonna go to Southern, <laughs> Southern. Uh, this. Oh, they did. Okay. Uh, well, we're gonna go to South South Doma, South Authard. Sorry, Authard. Uh-huh. Uh We're gonna make it really like Southeast Asian themed. Get like those weird demons, like the lady with the that's just a head with flying guts. That's what <laughs> yeah. I <want>. yeah. <laughs> I know which one you're talking. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. I yeah. Want... Nagsha is very Vietnam. Vietnam and Cambodia inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. That's what I want. Those are the areas. Dense, what happens there, who knows? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. What you is your what is the name that. of your expansion, Rollo? Oh my ex- okay. I guess we're giving the name now. Yeah, um yeah, yeah. Yes, what what's the naming scheme again? It's like color and it doesn't have to well that's the Japanese oh, one, the color. Oh yeah. Uh, In English, it's usually just one word, like a compound word. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, Mesa Verde. There you go. (laughs) That's very different. All right. (laughs) All right. Who's next? Journey to the least. All right. Who's who's next? Who's got an idea? Mela. Okay. Um, I think the place I'm most intrigued by that's not explored yet is Mericidia. Mm. Oh yeah, true. So I think we were... <laughs> <laughs> and I was worried Rollo would say it as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I'm big on. I mean, obviously Sephiroth's from down there and the dragons, and it's very unexplored by us. Um, so we'd go there. The whole expansion set there as well. I'm not a fan of splits. Mm. All of Mericidia is zones. Okay. Um, we meet some of the... Maybe there's like some first brood there or something who have been relatively untouched. So we get some like dragon lore that's not tied into this the Dragon Song War. Mm. Vritra um, might be from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a nice inn as well to make friends with the dragons. Yeah. Uh, maybe there are still some of the people there, like the tree people and whatever, like so, that Sephiroth and Zervan and stuff were worshipped by and all these things, those sort of people. Mm. Um, the raid. Now, I've got some interesting ideas for the raid. I don't know which one it would be, but maybe like an echo raid of when they first hit, came to Aeor's year. Mm. Like maybe we could, or we could be the Allegans in this scenario, mm-hmm. like fighting them or something like that. Okay. Or maybe something about their world um, could be interesting. Yeah. Um, 
but I don't I don't know, and there's just not enough lore about Mercy to actually that's say true. Much more about that's it. true. That's true. That's um, true. So, all right, yeah, just a, Mer- a like a Mericidia expansion. Just all Mericidia. Okay. It'd what? Be Final Fantasy fourteen scale bound. Ooh, <laughs> scale bound. All right, nice. Well, you get original. You get a hard job now, Georgi. What? Where? What's your expansion? No, I'm not changing my idea. I still want to go to Mericidia. <laughs> all right. But I want the um. So, like, the big settlement will be on Mericidia itself, and the little settlement will be one of the southern islands where the Lullafell live. So that oh. will be, like, the mm. end game. Hunt. Okay. And then the big settlement will be where all the apparently southern Makote live. We talk with Australian accents. Oh. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> we don't have enough lore about Mericidia for me to make a, uh, a raid around it. <laughs> no. <laughs> so... <laughs> I kind of want an eight-man raid exploring how um, I need. I want to continue what Kiel was talking about. I want to know how Amdapur learned about Sin Eaters. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need an explanation about that. I yeah. need to know how. How? <laughs> it's and annoying. Are you still able to? Are Sin Eaters still like conjurable on our pl- on our? Pl- shard now that like the light is being pushed back like will sin eaters become a dying breed unlike mm. void scent which still have a whole shard to themselves mm. there's so much of the light flood though yeah it's all light on the first surely there's still enough to summon one if you really wanted yeah all right well and the name of my expansion is name. down underland Okay, there it is. <laughs> what was yours, Luke? What was your expansion? There? Well, I, I will, it was called Statecraft, but I just remembered that I actually want my... I didn't... When I mentioned Gelmora and stuff, I've always wanted a time travel, like, expansion mm-hmm. where you go back to, like, Eorzea when it was young uh, uh-huh. or maybe to any of the different eras. That's a very, like, you either love or hate that. I know that a lot of people have mixed <laughs> mm. feelings about that in Eleven, um, but I like the idea of being able to go back and see how um, Galmora fell apart. Mm-hmm. Because that. So uh, is it, it's yeah. just like a time travel thing where it's like you're changing the past or no. you're just like observing? <sighs> you see, that's I the problem. I trust them with time travel. No, that's, it's such a, a difficult thing to do. Yeah. I hate time travel in 14. I, they put two types, two different types. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's. They've already the messed up when the concept just, of time. When it yeah. was just one, I was fine with it. When they added a second different type, well, that was annoying. Well, well, what I, what I, what we could do with the time traveling thing is not that it is actual time travel. It's more like you're in an echo. Yeah. Like you're. Mm-hmm. We already have that. That's an ability yes, we, we have. Do. So it would be more like the 1.0 echo, where you can actually interact with the past, but it doesn't Who change anything. Who would be the person that we access this through? Because you need like a conduit, like Sid, Matoya. to Bosco. Well, it's not that old. What? <laughs> just, just, I just like Matoya. Just do Matoya. Someone from the um, Palace of the Dead. What's that last guy called? Nab. What's he called? The guy from Tactics. Oh, Ogre or whatever. Yeah. Nabral of of a lot or whatever. His name. I don't know what he's called. Yeah, yeah him. Um. He might be Gelmoran. He might. Origin. Maybe. Oh, yeah. 
No, chat's right. Ton breeze, and that's how we get more nimble. And then that's how you get more oh. nimble. Maybe that's the whole thing. It doesn't have to be like, oh, the whole expansion is just Gelmora in the past. It'll just be like mm -hmm. different parts. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mine will be called. I'm changing it from statecraft to echo 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 echoman. Echoman. Yeah, Final Fantasy XIV okay. Echoman. Uh, all right, thank you, um, Kip. Uh, that's our. Um, that's that's it. Uh, thanks for sending in Mogmail. Remember to send us Mogmail at speakersxavier.com/mogmail. Uh, now we need to. Let's play the intro. It feels like that's the best way to, to sign off. All right. Uh, so uh, now we can't play the great discussion intro. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, let's jump into uh, the main story, uh, which is the Alk Morning translation of the Yoshi P lore interview. Massive translated. Uh, the authors. I should probably read them up. Uh, well, it's Famitsu, obviously, who's that did the actual interview, and then translators are Iluna Minori. Pinned, oh my god, I'm gonna screw up everyone's names. Pinned Geiger? Geiger? Um, yeah. Namek Kinryu and uh, Chiela Geiger as well? I guess so. I'm sorry mm. if I butchered your names. I, I tried. Do we know when this interview was from? Like, what? date is it from uh well it is it is linked uh, they, the do have, source. they do have the source article yes so it it was it's 20 uh the 3rd of september september 3rd 2021 more recent than i thought it was yeah okay uh, <clears throat> so here we go with the release of patch 5.55 on uh, may 25th 2021 final fantasy 14 uh henceforth referred to <laughs> wait, legal document. yeah henceforth this is from this is the famitsu article staff i guess famitsu if you have never read a famitsu article it's very it's like an event it's like this big it's weird and it has this opening statement by the article staff, which we're going to read now. Um, Final Fantasy XIV, henceforth referred to as Final Fantasy XIV, has put all the cards on the table, leading the main scenario into the next expansion, Endwalker. Even though Shadowbringers, a story praised worldwide, and its subsequent wrap-up stories were resolved for this expansion, the excitement and wonder gained from the journey are, needless to say, something that all players already know by now. So what kind of process did the team go through when creating Shadowbringers' themes? How were ideas conceived for what is considered the best story in the history of Final Fantasy XIV? Will we ever learn the truth behind various mysteries that remain unresolved even today, such as Emmett Selk's real thoughts behind his disappointment over the Warrior of Light's gradual transformation into a Sin Eater, as well as what uh, that, that first part is, I think we've actually already discussed, because we read a little snippet of that, because um, that mm. was released early. Uh, as well as the words Thancred mouthed after his final confrontation against General Ranjit, and so on. Famitsu made a request to the producer and director of Final Fantasy XIV, Aoki Yoshida, with the hope that he'll bring those answers to light. In addition to looking back at everything that has happened up until now, Famitsu also managed to get Yoshida to share all the stories that were hidden behind the scenes. 
all these stories. Do note that a portion of the information was already published in the physical version of Famitsu magazine on the 26th of August. The, oh, 20, there you go. That's probably more, more accurate as to when it was made. This is the full version of an already posted interview and is divided into two sections with a second part scheduled to be posted in the future. Before we begin with the information, there are things to note. As already explained at the beginning, this interview article will contain full-blown Shadowbringer spoilers. Players who haven't reached Shadowbringers will risk um, Shadowbringer spoilers uh, will risk getting spoiled and have their enjoyment of the content ruined. So it is <coughs> advised that you continue with caution. So I'm just going to sound the alarm. So just don't. If you haven't, if you haven't done Shadowbringers, I would suspect. Bye. I would suspect most people here have finished the Shadowbringers main story at this point. I would oh, so okay. as well, yeah. Not me. I'm still. Who's Emmett Silk? <laughs> You're not even finished three point four point four. Yeah. <laughs> also, this article refers to the main story quest that occurred specifically in Shadowbringers patch 5.0. Stories revolving around the first and those that took place between patch 4.4 to patch 5.3 will be referred to as the Shadowbringers arc. The Shadowbringer story referred to in this article does not cover any story taking place after restoring the night sky to Norvrand, so be careful. Throughout this article, there will be references to two different Menphilias, so in order to avoid confusion, the article will refer to Menphilia, leader of the Scions, adopted by Flamen, uh, uh, as Asilia. Interesting. Okay. Uh, where, while the Menphilia from the first, the Oracle of Light, will be referred to as Vreen. <laughs> Halfway through the article, there will be segments where their names will be used despite not having said their name up till that point. <laughs> Please keep that in mind as you are reading. Do you know what I mean with like how so much odd. legalese? Yeah, okay. yeah. All right, all right. Here we go. I mean, Con it is confusing when they kept referring to the Minfilias. That's like, true. That collectively yeah. requires. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so constructing the story in order to reveal eighty percent of the world's mystery. That's the headline here. The main scenario for Shadowbringers has the dynamic feel as if each character's behavior is completely natural and, if the, as, and as if they're living people, going beyond the author's will, which I think was one of the reasons why this story has been so well received by players all over the world. Yoshida-san, I'd like to know, at what point during the development stage did you get the feeling that this is going to work? Yoshida says, we created an exp uh, expansion with the thought of... This will work. So to answer that question is difficult. Laughs bitterly. Yoshi P is the king of laughing bitterly, by the way. <laughs> uh, I understand how that feels. Laughs. It's a good tone. We're starting off good here. <laughs> so to give an answer to that question. For Shadowbringers, we began story development by deciding to reveal 80% of the world's mysteries from the original version of 14 all the way up to Stormblood. What gave me a sense of satisfaction was seeing how beautifully connected the various pieces of the stories are as, as development went on. On top of having answers popping up one after another, they were all satisfying. As new information is presented to you, the game moves quickly onto the next plot point, making it even more difficult to stop playing than ever before because I was so eager to find out what happens next. Even when looking at this as a player, I think we were able to bring out the vibe of entering into the story's finale. That probably was the point we were, that probably was the point where I got the feeling, yes, this works. And though this could be and thought this could be it. If you were to ask 
about when that happened, I think it was right before the start of the media tour, which happened May 2019 in both Europe and the US. I did have a fair amount of confidence even before then, but by actually doing a variety of checks on the game, I was able to actually see its form or something like that. Okay, I mean, fine. Uh, so at that point, you'd manage to go through the main scenario in what would be close to its complete form. That's right, that's when I played through it for the first time. So he had played through the main scenario in May 2019 for Shadowbringers. Yeah, I mean, it came out... July? June? July? July. July. Yeah, so it's only yeah. a couple months beforehand, yeah. so... Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Knew. Yeah. Uh, I replayed Shadowbringers prior to conducting this interview. This from Mitsu. And there were several scenes that I've enjoyed even more knowing the story that comes after. The first scene where the Warrior of Light is exploring under the Crystal Tower, an object with the Garland Ironworks logo in hand, and then is suddenly transported to the first is a perfect way to begin the expansion. I've further, no further, I've further noticed that there is a lot of foreshadowing leading up to this during the early parts of the story. Was this created with the aim of having players replay the game eventually using the New Game Plus system? We, Yoshida says, we did not create this with New Game Plus in mind. We have always kept our work direction consistent, but I think we were able to create foreshadowing well in some places as the story development process gradually became more sophisticated. However, as mentioned earlier, we decided to reveal 80% of the world's mysteries in Shadowbringers, so it was easy to present the answers. And since there was no need to include hints or anything, it made the scenario so much easier to take in, don't you think? Uh, Famitsu says, indeed, although the story content is really dense, it remains really easy to understand. Yoshida replies, as you further explore the first history, you also learn of an event taking place on the source where a certain percentage of the population lost their lives due to Black Rose. Wars broke out due to those remaining struggling to survive, unable to find even f food. This hastens progress towards the Eighth Calamity. In order to prevent this, Sid and his successor spent around 200 years after that event occurs to unravel the mysteries behind the wings of time and Omega's interdimensional travel, an attempt to change the course of history through utilizing energy from Crystal Tower. This is the event. I thought, yeah. I thought Black Rose was the Eighth Calamity. <clears throat> uh, no, well... It's like... It was like the the, the trigger towards it was the it, trigger, yeah. It was like the beginning of the eighth umbral calamity, but the calamity itself was just like complete collapse, wasn't it? Of just everything. I think that was what the eighth calamity isn't properly most, explained. Is it? Most wars, most calamities are like naturally occurring events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, the old ones were, were well, well didn't black well to make up because it was like. They already had those elements, and then they ran out when they got to the seventh. Wasn't they had the, to make it wasn't the problem with the eighth, like the what was the eighth calamity was that Black Rose came, killed a lot of people, but most importantly, it destroyed crops and like trees and plants mm. and shit, and they had no food, and yeah, so society but I would say collapsed. That, that is still the Black Rose. It's still Black Rose, I guess, but yeah, yeah, it's the aftermath of Black Rose, I guess. Um, I think it's the use of the phrase <clears throat> "hastens progress towards," which confuses me. Well, it hmm. hastens, yeah, it's oddly worded, but it's like, it's not just Black Rose, it's like, peep, well, it is Black Rose, yeah, it is. The core of the calamity is, uh, but it's not something that just happened. It's not like Black Rose came and that was the calamity. The Black Rose came, disappeared, and well, now they're like, oh shit, 
we have like nothing left now, and then society well, crumbles. I thought that was the calamity, and then that just led into the as the umbral era, and then everything following the direct event was the umbral era. Yeah, I suppose you have to look. I mean, if it's a proper calamity, there would be a shard rejoining, mm-hmm. and there's not really any. Does they don't really go into which one or why that is. Yeah. That also opens the question of in the other timeline <clears throat> yeah. is there no first anymore? Uh, I guess I not, can, no. It would have been the Flood it. of Light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So in that timeline they've lost that one. No. No. But then that, this would be the ninth. This would have been the ninth, yeah. That doesn't... The first, if the first was destroyed and rejoined, that this, would have been the eighth. This is why you should, if you're going to do time travel in your game or any media, you need to get your shit straight, because that shit's difficult. And there's a lot of, mm-hmm. and if you once you fuck it up, you'll lose all. Like, it's just there's no rules, and that's that's chaos. Okay, well, I hope there's no more time stuff going forward. Yeah, <laughs> no mass. They've Please. closed that door. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Sorry for interrupting you. Uh, no, no, it's fine. Uh, alright, this is the event that created the story's premise. However, I don't feel we can continue to reveal the world's secrets in the same manner, as it, would, it wouldn't present clear enough answers. It's because we made the decision to reveal 80% of the story's mysteries that we were able to increase the amount of story parts we could show to the players. For example, since he wanted to give Ardbert's adventure proper closure, we managed to properly depict his journey and its resolution in great detail. If we muddle through the latter part of ref- or refrain from revealing the final outcome in the- that story, we inevitably won't be able to convey everything about the story in depth. To tell the truth, the above-mentioned scene with a warrior of light holding the machine with Garland Ironworks crest carved on it was actually a nice idea from our scenario writer Ishikawa, and it made us uh, able to reveal what we had foreshadowed earlier in the story. So that's, uh, well, we're getting to that now. I was going to explain it. Which means, if you remember the Crystal Tower series final scene, Nero threw his small counter device off the cliff, yes? Uh, mm. We all remember. We, I, we even uh, discussed that before Shadowbringers, because we were like, mm-hmm. maybe that is linked somehow, because they yeah. dinged. Um, after Nero left, the device seemed to detect something. But in fact, it reacted to the machine the Warrior of Light picked up during Shadowbringers and functioned as the coordinates... For summoning the Warrior of Light. Granted, at the time, we hadn't <laughs> planned for that to happen, and originally the device detection was done just in case we decided to create a new raid dungeon that would revolve or that would revolve around later on. We had an idea to design a dungeon called the Forbidden Land of Eureka beneath the cliff. Oh, wow. So to anticipate that, we decided to create that plot point where that device was responding to that location. But then, as you know by now, the Forbidden Land of Eureka ended up becoming side content of its own. Ended up being a completely awesome. different location. Yeah. Yes. That is one of those things where, like, that's a cool connection. Mm-hmm. You would never know that no. unless he directly told... We, like... How? How would you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. no. You're right. Yeah. It's, they, they, they do that a lot, like Vile disappearing, this pinging this, this doing well, that, the reason, just in case. The reason and that, then yeah, they come back and this, say how clever we were. I think we've just, we talked about this before. They don't really plan that far ahead when they write main no. scenario, but they throw shit out so that they can pick it up later <laughs> exactly. and then make it that. That is it's so evident. Reason. 
Sorry. Would like. There you go, Rollo. Yeah, Rollo, finish. I was saying it's really evident that they don't plan stuff ahead sometimes with stuff like the Warrior of Darkness patch, Mm. which I just. Well, see, that's one of their. Yeah, that's that's like a classic attempt at that. I thought the Warrior of Darkness was definitely projecting something there. If that was if two point if three point four had been the end of the Warriors of Darkness and like they had never planned anything to do with them, I would have been very unsatisfied. Yeah, but it you, would have been pointless. For there just been two or three patches of a I, meaningless story. I think it was. A That's gr- what it was. <laughs> it kind of was time. at the time for a very <laughs> long time. Yeah, um, it was a nice way to introduce the concept of shards, though. It did give mm-hmm. us the the shards theory. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. that was like a convenient thing that they could pick up again. I'm sure they had yeah. planned already then that, you know, we're going to, this is something that we can actually spin something out of later yeah. and then mm-hmm. left it there. But yeah. Definitely the I fire details like they... not pushed out. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they definitely planned something to do with the first at that point, just because I can't imagine them having Minfilia disappear from right. the story like that. Yeah. Yeah, true. that's true. Menphilia literally just disappears from the story after that, like into the first. So, um, okay. Uh, I'm surprised there was a bank story behind this. Uh, Yoshida says, considering the Forbidden Land Eureka, which draws its uh, origins from Final Fantasy three, was actually not a dungeon, but functioned as a kind of shop. Oh yeah, this is explained. It's it, it, it literally means because the um, the dungeon in three is like um it's where you unlock ninja and sage. Uh, and you can get weapons there, and you can purchase stuff. That's why he refers to it as a shop, because it's not like it's not a dungeon, in like a classic. Du- you go there for a purpose to unlock shit and get shit. Mm-hmm. During the planning stage, it was then clear to us that we couldn't proceed with the idea. As such, we decided to cut out the name Eureka from the rest of the content. This resulted in whatever what. Ha- Whatever that happened in the Nero scene being left as inconclusive, and we were able to come up with a solution for it to be a response to a machine similar to that cogwheel. In that sense, the scene that happened at the beginning of the story was also the answer to the question that was left within us. There you go. That's... that's that. Um, indeed, there, there uh, definitely are players who would speculate around that. Uh, Yoshida, uh, if I were to find any comments that say, don't tell me the machine that Nero threw away was that machine, I'd probably think, ah, there are players who think that way. Laughs. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there wasn't anything in particular we paid special attention to when we created New Game Plus. Instead, it was made with the intention to find something new when playing the story for the second time. But I do think it's important for players to go, ah, so that was the reason why this happened, since there are players who would want to replay the story again. I mean, I'm also a person who would reread my favorite mystery novel several times. So there's definitely players who would do the same with Shadowbringers, which is why I wanted those players to experience that amazement that made them go, whoa, so it's possible for the game to express concepts utilizing this such amazing mechanics? And I didn't know this game was made with that much attention to detail. These are very long. (laughs) Very specific. These are strange thoughts to give (laughs) your player base. Yes, yes. To be fair, though, the game, like... If an NPC runs off to do something, they will be in the world yeah. in quests and stuff. And that has always amazed me. Like mm. They mm. could say, oh, I'm going to Limsa. And there's no reason you'd need to go there. But if you went to check, they'd be there. And that that's just brilliant. 
I really like that. True, yeah. Um, like what happened in this case, we're aware that not every detail was conceived at that time, and it wasn't all about revealing what was foreshadowed. However, the best thing about continuing to develop the game is being able to revisit what we'd done before and make use of it. I would be even happier if the game experience if the game experiences, including surprises that we bring to the table, serve as an impetus for players to pursue a career in the game industry. Oh, there you go. That's quiet. Mm-hmm. What's that all <clears throat> They're uh, now hiring, apparently, in <laughs> Square Enix. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, moving on. Uh, fondly remembered character cameos in Endwalker. It looks like in order to remember that feeling of amazement players once had, it'd be nice if players could review the main scenario quest one more time before the release of Endwalker on November 23rd. No time. Nah, I'm fine. I'm fine doing that. I gotta do my yearly Rum Reborn playthrough. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. Goodness me. On that, there was a slight mistake in translation nuance in one of the answers I've given to foreign media n- not that long ago. I actually did not recommend any particular scenarios, nor did I tell the players to replay the story all the way from A Realm Reborn to Shadowbringers. Well, hmm? Yeah, I will. I'll do it anyway, Mm. even though he said not to. Mm. Well, yes, I'd definitely be happy if players could go through, through and replay the main scenario from start to finish if they have time. Since this will generally be difficult for most people, what I mentioned was actually go back and replay your favorite parts of the story from Heavensward, Stormblood, and so on. Was this this is in reference to that one interview? He's like, "Remember Heavensward, right?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. It probably is. Yeah. So don't remember Heavensward, guys. Go back on that one. Yeah, forget Heavensward. Forget Heavensward. It's nothing to do with it. Remember your favorite parts of Heavensward. Yeah. Not everything. Right. <laughs> the Google yes. quests. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite part of Heaven's Word? Favorite moment? It's so long since yeah. I played through it. Um, I can't even, like, remember what's Heaven's Word, A Realm Reborn, or Stormblood probably anymore. Probably, like, when Thornton finally gave up on being, like, a figurehead in Ishgard and went crazy and they went to Azizlar mm. and all that stuff. Mm. Stretch between the Aerie and the Vault. Oh, Ooh, the vault. Going to the course. area was good. The vault is like massive, obviously. Oh, I was, I was a big fan of being in Azislaw for the first time. Ooh, that was, uh, yes. Like, like, ooh, the Alagan flying research weapons base. Oh, yeah, the reveal Wait, of like what? the reveal of the origin of the Dragon Song War was a big moment as well. Oh, that was cool. Mm-hmm. Realized it was all a lie. Um, okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, what was the reason behind the answer? Yoshida says, Endwalker won't just conclude the Heidelin Zodiac arc, but, it all, it's also, but, it, uh, but it's also the first saga's conclusion in the entirety of Final Fantasy XIV. For that reason, you will see a lot of familiar faces make a cameo appearance. Thus, if you replay your favorite parts of the story, you are likely to enjoy the game even more. So essentially what he's saying is, you're going to see a lot of obscure characters from like early mm. game <laughs> like you may not yes. remember <laughs> what obscure character do you want to come back yeah yeah if you paid attention hilda. Y- uh, yeah hilda hilda is not obs- she's not obscure. she's part of the gunbreaker sorry not a machina storyline yeah, yeah yeah but not for a lot only for a little bit of bringing up the musketeers in ishgard for a uh, bit or whatever yeah she's, i like her she, yeah. she needs more yeah mm. 
Um, okay, aside from the main scenario, players who still have remaining job quests or class quests may want to play through them beforehand, as doing so may provide an even more enjoyable experience. There you go, Mela. There it is. Mela. This, yeah, <laughs> this was what I told the foreign media, but when I tried to parse the article through machine translation, the nuance ended up being d uh, different than intended, and it was already published online. Laughs bitterly yet again. <laughs> <laughs> So there might be important parts to the story that players may have missed, even in content unrelated to the main story quest, such as side quests and so on. Yeah, you do care. That's true, actually. I need to do... Mm. I have a lot of leveling a lot of side and job quests. quests, but I've finished almost every side quest now. That's I'm, insane. I'm, I can't... I, I refuse to yeah. do that. Yeah. But they're really good. Once, I, once yeah. I finish Eureka... I can't think of any other story content that I haven't done in this game. I've got some city stuff to do in Stormblood and um, Shadowbringers, because I always forget about quests in cities. Mm -hmm. um, but that's it, I think. I went into... I think Heavensward was the last time I used side quests just for like leveling purposes. Oh, I like don't for care alts. about leveling anymore. And then I'm the like, XP's I'm going to keep doing that for Stormblood didn't do it. I'm going to do that oh, no. for Shadowbringers, didn't do it. The amount of side quests on my map is horrendous. Especially Stormblood specifically has like huge clusters of like oh, side yeah, quests. They... And remember so when you, know... you do them all, there'll be more in that area. Yeah, yeah. Evansward had more side quests than Stormblood. But I, yeah, but I did a, a decent chunk of those. I, I've done quite a lot of those. You'll regret it, Lukia, because when that that one um, Alra guy who's a really good cook but a bad warrior comes back into the story. You won't have a clue who he is. And he's actually a really great guy. So. Uh, and you also, have a clue who he is? Who? I don't remember his name, but I do know who he is. <laughs> no, I'm asking the Sorry, who did you know who you're talking who? about? He's, um, he's part of that Sun tribe. I can't remember the tribe's name. The, the Kistir he's part or something. Oh, Orin, sorry. And he's a chef. Let me just yeah, say I this. I haven't done a I, single I was... Stormblood side quest other than uh, <laughs> the princess one. See? Yeah. See, haven't I was done any. I suspecting that Akil had no Literally idea what zero. About, but... Zero other than the princess uh, side. It's the only side quest I've ever done. Although I'm on um, uh, Hildebrand ones. He's in like six or seven quests there. He's quite, for some reason, mm -hmm. quite yeah. big yeah. in the Azim step. But yeah. Do you <sighs> oh, it's such a die. massive fucking backlog. It's going to take literally I have to level weeks. as well. <laughs> That's easy. You should have been doing that That's for a while. Mela. You, 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 I am doing it, but it's boring. You literally have been like, like Black Mage. You have had so much time I do to level. Play Black Mage. Yeah. And you're for avoiding healers, so you still haven't even unlocked the Void quest. Mm -hmm. No, that is true. No. But I can now, get a free late to healer. With also, Summoner, and also, my Astrologian is almost to 80, so it's just White Mage. Let me just say this. You keep bringing up chat, doing s fucking side quests on stream. I can't imagine anything more boring in my life. That's interesting. No, it is not. I wouldn't watch it, but I'm no, sure someone No, you don't would. think it's interesting, but I think there is an audience for it. Mm. Uh, okay, let's go back. We've got some incredibly bored people who watch this. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. Oh, insulting. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> uh, okay. What you watch that lady? <clears throat> uh, all right, <laughs> all right. Yoshida says this bears repeating, uh, but Final Fantasy XIV does not end with Endwalker. 
However, I do think that the more a player immerses themselves into Final Fantasy XIV's uh, world, the more opportunities they will have to smile at small details they uncover. Since our warrior, uh, Warriors of Light have been adventuring for quite a long time, some players' memories may have faded. Therefore, if they can revisit their favorite parts of the story when they have spare time, I think that may provide some extra enjoyment to the player. Psst. Plural. Uh, from what I've heard up to this point, it sounds like not only will Endwalker be the end of the Hydaelyn Zodiac saga, thank you, but it also seems that the team has invested much more effort into the expansion compared to previous ones. Well, I don't know about That's... any evidence of that. <laughs> well, Yoshida says going on? Yoshida says that's correct, Mela. So Famitsu uh, was that. right. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's correct because it's sad to hear people commenting on how the climax of the previous stories was more hyped up than this. Oh, that's you, Mela. Then he was referring oh. to you. He's sad to hear people commenting on how the climax of the previous stories was more hyped up than, than Endwalker. So he's literally talking about you, what you just did now. There is evidence, Mela, that they worked extra hard on this. Thank you very much. And he's very sad that you don't I'm think sorry, that. Naoki. Yeah. Due to the confidence we gained from Shadowbringers, I already have faith in some of the aspects players will see in Endwalker. It's going to be a story players will struggle to keep away from, so I'd like everyone to look forward to it. Of course... Keep away from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Please. that's right. I just need to eat. <laughs> it's going to chase the moon. your dreams into the dining room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, how we've come. Remember when we used to launch uh, 1.0 and the first thing you'd see is like, don't forget about yep. your real life and your friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, forget about your forget real life about and your friends. Friend. It's all about the fucking moon. <laughs> of course, I'm also thinking about what we, um, what we will create after Endwalker. So I believe players won't feel sad even after reaching the latter half of the game. I'll feel sad. I'll feel sad. After reaching the latter half of the game. So we're already going to start feeling sad in the second half, not even before the end. Like, <laughs> they're going to be having us it's... like mourning the end of this storyline from level 85 to 90. I wonder if it'll make us make me feel like like empty, like when you finish a game. You know that feeling? Yeah, but you, you haven't even finished it yet. After every 14 expansion, though. No, I think. you do. But in this one, you'll feel it. Well, in this one, it's like it. it's actually over. It is the story. Mm, it's going to be worse then. Yeah, this it's going to be worse. <laughs> it's going to be worse. Well, it's either the beginning or the end, runner. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. yeah. Okay. I just want a time skip. Oh, a time. Oh, right. Months? A couple of months. <laughs> a couple of months time skip. Um, it's exciting to know that Shadowbringers wasn't merely an extension of the story. Yoshida, what? however. <laughs> what? Have I, have I skipped? No, no, no. That was literally yeah, their follow-up. <laughs> it's just, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. Uh, Yoshida says, however, we're talking about the end of days that not even the an ancients could do anything about. Do know that it's definitely not going to be an easy thing to overcome. So please take this to heart. I have a strong feeling that it is going to be easy to overcome. I think I think it'll be very Mila, you're making... Yoshida very sad. I'm sorry, Yoshida, but there's... Do they... you say that? <laughs> that the MSQ is going to be difficult? Oh, that was a tough cutscene to get through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really couldn't click enough for that one. Um, <laughs> would it be fair to say story-related difficulty... <laughs> 
<laughs> would it be fair to say Star? I mean, you're you're weird. right. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's going to be bad or anything. It's going to be great, but it's just he's an probably he's probably referring to like it's not going to be for the easy for the characters to overcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, would it be fair to say story-related difficulties that Yoshida-san and the rest of the development staff have undergone thus far, as well as other experiences gained along the way, were putting into good use when working on Endwalker? Yoshida says, I wouldn't go so far as to say there were difficulties, laughs. Either way, see, yeah, I don't think this is going to be an easy, straightforward project. Just because we received high praise from Shadowbringers doesn't mean that we can do anything but create the same thing again. So Endwalker was created with that mindset. So please look forward to it. What? I think what he's saying... Doesn't mean that we can do anything the same I, thing I think he's saying it's not going to exceed he can't keep exceeding previous it, it, yeah it's that it's Which that it, yeah it's that problem with like you, you know it may very well be that when we look back on 14 shadowbringers will be the high point here i think but yes it's not going to be negative you know it's not gonna be bad it's still gonna be very high quality. the bar is set very high with shadowbringers yeah. i think is what very it's hard to yeah. yeah that's true Okay, um, so next segment. The reason behind fully revealing the Asian story and their agony. Before, before we discussed revealing 80% of the entire world's mysteries, so regarding the remaining 20% of the mysteries that remain, did you actually list them up and scrutinize it closely when you were developing Shadowbringers? Ah, uh, yes, they itemized them, made sure <laughs> that they revealed exactly 80% of the world's mysteries. <laughs> Yoshida says no. <laughs> We didn't specifically make any lists about it, which is so weird. Because how does he know? Like, where does the eighty percent come from? Like, how does he wow, know that? You can only get through half of that field. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like how you say you put in like a pinch of salt or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we can't divulge anything further on that. I did directly instruct them to not make certain parts clear just yet, such as don't make this part or this part and that part clear yet, and so on. As for other elements, <laughs> as for other elements than the ones I've personally instructed that were disclosed, they were counted as revealing eighty percent of the mysteries in its entirety. So it should roughly no. be fine. They were counted. You just said you didn't list them out. <laughs> yeah, but they, those ones were cast against the eighty percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this is going to be the new TV show. <laughs> so, so several points. So only several points were withheld from the public. Yoshida says, I basically left a message telling them, we are not going to make a decisive conclusion uh, on these spe specified elements yet, so let's hold off on working on the story surrounding that. On the other hand, I did specif specify examples, for instance, that it's okay to reveal information about Hydaelyn and Zodiac being primals. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured information about Asians should naturally be kept under wraps as well. This is Famitsu. But almost their entire story was revealed in Shadowbringers. As they are immortal, unlike regular humans, they must continue on while holding on to the bonds that they have with their compatriots uh, whom they need to save. Was it decided from the very beginning that this would be portrayed in the main scenario quest? Yoshida says, that's right. Until Stormblood kicked, kicked off, information about Asians, Final Fantasy XIV's best known villains, and their existence was only vague at best. We knew the mysteries surrounding them would have to be revealed eventually, but up until Shadowbringers, we didn't have enough time and space to tell their story, so we decided to keep it in the dark at that moment. In their place, we brought to life more surface-level enemies. Warriors of Light would need to fight instead. 
The Garlean Empire is a great example of the aforementioned. It's a commonly used writing technique, but we created scenes where the Warrior of Light loses to Xenos in order to give players a sense of familiarity to him. On the other hand, Shadowbringers took the story in the direction of fighting the world's mis mysteries. Doing so allowed us to place Asians in a position previously occupied by Gaius, Thordon, and Xenos, in that order. As such, I felt that until we give Asians, who up until this point had been these obscure figures without much of a presence or proper depiction, players wouldn't be able to enjoy the story to the fullest, which is why it ended up becoming one of Shadowbringers' main themes. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, really familiar with Xenos. Sorry, did, yeah, you say, did you say ass? Sorry, Rolla, you cut out in my headset. What did you say? Oh, I said it over. I, I didn't say ass at all. That was Georgi. You probably heard. Oh, oh, your I, voice is mixed. I, I guess. I said Asian. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I see. That's probably what cut out. I was saying I'm very familiar with Xenos. Oh, personal friends. Right, 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 right. Oh, I think he's told. I think no. I think Rollo did say ass. He's talking about Xenos's. See, there oh, you go. Brother. There you go. It's implied I, in the name. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. Juicy. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say yes. was, do you ever think about the fact that we're friends with an Asian and then that's essentially irrelevant to the plot right now? Mm. You mean Gaia? Yes. Yeah. Okay, just... True. <laughs> True. But we'll have to kill her sooner or later. Yeah. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> She's like a like a baby Asian though right now so it's like which is like fine. lost most of her memories of it and whatever mm -hmm. did at least well yeah she's fighting against remembering them she wants to remain herself yeah is she a red mask i don't remember or is she a no she, she's she's logarith or whatever oh yeah she's, she's she's not a red mask one she's a black mask right yeah she's just a mm. minor yeah so it doesn't really matter there are many of those apparently she does have Asian powers though. <clears throat> that's true that's true mm. Um, but she's on the first. Ah, don't think of, don't oh, think know. about it too much. <laughs> you should bring her back though. She's cool. she can like dimensions. No. Mm. Yeah, if she's an Asian, she should be able to travel realms. True. Uh, and then bring Ring with her, and then we can have the no. game again. Mm. And nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So he said, uh, Shadowbringer's main themes, and we strongly felt that clarity of depiction as we played through the story, says Famitsu, she just says, even in this case, in order to avoid giving players the impression that Emmett Selk, a key character in Shadowbringers, is just an unclear character who appears for no apparent reason, we need to create a proper connection that links him with the player's adventure, as well as the other characters that appear in the story. If we don't do so, the story would lack a necessary immersion. We paid close attention to that part and had Emmett Selk appear during the final segments in patch 4.4 for this purpose. I do believe that everyone had a very different impression of him when he first appeared. That's true. You remember, what did you first think of him when you first saw him in uh, 4.5? I, I always... 5.5? Yeah. 4.4. I thought he was very... That was sort of the first time someone was that animated. As he was when mm. he was, and I thought I think we even brought that up that he was very Kefka esque in the way uh -huh. he acted. Yes, um, which you know changed a lot him. over time. He did change a lot. Yeah, he wasn't super likable early on. No, like, he, well, I kind of liked that he, he was, was. He was like a crazy different. guy. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But then he started becoming more and more relatable. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, that's in that awesome. sense. Yeah. See, that's why I think they're going to do something similar with Fan Daniel. Mm hmm. No, Possibly. I don't want to hang out with Fan Daniel. He, <laughs> he probably likes the Joker. Well, but I like, don't know if he, we necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we'll necessarily want to hang out with Van Daniel, but I think we'll understand him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, if I is a lost cause. Oh. I still think they're going to do a fucking... They're going to try something. Something's going to happen in Endwalker, and we're going to eat our words, <laughs> Yergi, I, I think. Mean, he's got fucking memories what? of the, the final days. He's going yeah. to be a secret fucking Asian in oh, oh, himself like us. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if... And Walker comes out, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We come back to this very moment, and we're like, you know what? Xenos is actually one of our favorite characters now. Mm. He's been he's so well developed in N Walker, and I felt such emotional depth with him. That's gonna be so weird if that happens. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if that can happen. I don't think. I don't think you're mistaken, Rollo. No, I think that's not gonna be far from the truth. I mean, they <laughs> turned around Elizabeth in one patch. True. Yeah. And True. I, I used to they, like Xenos. We've brought up Yotsu a couple of times as well, which was I feel like I felt the same about Yotsu um in Sh in Stormblood as I do with Xenos. I'm like, there's absolutely no way. And even when they tried really hard to like turn her, remember when they showed her like her background and shit, I'm like, this doesn't excuse all the shit she's done. <laughs> but then at the very fucking end, as she's literally dying on the floor, I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel bad that she's dying right now. Yeah, she, yeah, yes, queen, kill I, him. And I'm like, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so they, they, they might pull one of those. Them. Why do you think <clears throat> he is so interested in us? Yeah. Why does he have this pull to us? Yeah, there's like a... As an Asian. He could have been. A, mm. It's going to be... Well, the reasoning they've given is boring right now, mate. It's just because he's never had a challenge like us before, and yeah, that's possibly he's because Asian. he's part Asian, and mm. no one else can be is part Asian like we are can offer him a challenge. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll he's got these memories, and we've got them, and we'll push forward. And then there's like a flashback like, oh. where he like saves puppies like in his old oh, life. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm a puppy man. <laughs> And yeah. and we're like, oh, that's so cute. And oh, like, he is a puppy man. Yeah, he gets blood out of his mouth. Like, I saved puppies. Yeah, you're my last yeah. puppy. The last puppy I saved is you. <laughs> and you go, woof. <laughs> it like licks. It licks his cheek as he dies. Xenos uh, uh, was is the split spirit of our loyal attack hound. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Xenos uh, is Angelos. Oh, <laughs> that's a reference no one gets. Uh, all right. Um, anyways, won't be Ashan. We're Ashan. Famitsu. They continue. I remember well that my impression was great. Here comes another eccentric one when he appeared as the first emperor of the Garlean Empire. I definitely didn't expect him to become such a memorable figure. Yoshida says, players thought Asians up to this point have all acted like him, so. Is he going to be another person who would talk about things we don't really understand at all? Wouldn't you agree? Uh, laughs bitterly. <laughs> so bitter. So bitter it's in this interview. Super bitter in yeah. this, yeah. yeah. Jesus. He needs what? a cigarette. <laughs> he needs a cigarette. Um, all right. So that's that part. The next part, Ishikawa, the scenario writer who elevated the story from the world... Oi, the world of mysteries to the one who inherits the soul. Um, 
During the interview we had with you prior to the release of Shadowbringers, I remember you mentioned that the underlying theme of this expansion would center around the one who inherits the soul. After playing the game with that knowledge in mind, is it true that one can feel uh, it is true that one can feel that theme utilized in various situations? I think now would be the right time to ask this question, but I would like to learn more about the meaning behind the theme, the one who inherits the soul, and what you hoped to accomplish. Yoshida says, Rather than me, this theme was chosen by Ishikawa, who was in charge of writing the story. In fact, I didn't mention anything about using this as the underlying theme. Okay. So don't misquote me. He says That's an bitterly. Sorry, bit of antagonistic attitude there. Yeah, he he is on edge here. <laughs> uh, I think he actually needs a cigarette. Sorry. He should have had yeah, a cigarette really before this. Like, um, <laughs> that was Ishikawa, so don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and then Famitsu says, Ishik so Ishikawa-san was the one who decided this. I love the the top, like the yes. It's his reply. It begins with just yes, period. I remember when she discussed it with me, she said, the underlying theme that I found within myself was the one who inherits the soul. So I'd appreciate it if you could review the story with this idea in mind. That was the first time I'd heard that phrase. Although it's better to ask her for more details about it, I believe she created that theme after being directed to reveal 80% of the world's mysteries and likely established her own personal theme, which is people are here today precisely because they're connected to each other. I heard that at some point that Ishikawa wrote, this is the story of a hero who saves the world in her own notebook. I believe it's thanks to Ishikawa-san creating that theme within herself and seeing it through that her writing around the, th the theme becoming as one through actions that the warriors, Warrior of Light has taken up to, his, to this point that she managed to connect Grahatia, Omega, and Alexander with each other. Ishikawa also hoped for the reappearance of Grahatia. Oh. She was a big it was Grahatia her. fan. She was the Graha simp. Well, Graha is happen. her character. Like she, she made <laughs> yeah, that story. True. So, I'm, I'm gonna be honest here. I thought Graha was such a nothing character. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, in the first part. He yeah, was, I don't fine. necessarily disagree. It's a bit of a he blank was, yeah. slate. He was a way of now. getting into the tower because he had the uh, Alagon blood. He, that was it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I thought uh, his ending was very sad at the time. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know I mean, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> No, but Graha, You're not wrong. You're kind of right, but I think Graha in retrospect has been like lifted on a pedestal obviously because he became mm. such a big character, but but if we didn't have Shadowbringers, I think if I brought up Graha T, a lot of people would go, "Hmm?" Exactly. Who? exactly. Were, I will say there were there were quite large sections of the fan base cuz he was a cat very... boy. With exactly. bare arms. That's why. I know. I mean, that's rare in this world, Lakeel. Simple. Is very Simple rare on, simpletons. On All right. Simpletons. <laughs> you simpletons. All you need is a cat boy with bare arms. Um, all right. Uh, thanks to that, it really became a story that touches the hearts of players all over the world. Yoshida says, I believe uh, it was thanks to her best efforts to express the theme through the story that made the players feel the same way. <clears throat> Writer's ability was one thing, but it was also an incredible effort from the development team working with the writing team to turn it into a game experience. Furthermore, I believe that it is because of everyone's adventures in 14 up until that point in the story that they can feel so strongly about the story elements like the path we've taken as well as those who inherit. He's really trying to divorce himself of this quote that he's been put against him mm. about he's him saying this. He's like, 
geez, dude, it's thanks to Ishikawa and the players and everyone else but me. Yeah. I had nothing to do with it. So yeah. Calm down. Yes, you Fabitza says, roughly when did that exchange take place? Yoshida says, we divide any given expansion scenarios into multiple parts called acts. An expansion's full story would be equivalent to about six acts. Most of the time, I'd check on act one to act three at once, then review act four and beyond during my second check. So that exchange probably happened when I conducted my first review of the story, I think. By the way, Endwalker is around up to seven acts of content. So arbitrary. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Very. Arbitrary. Yeah. It doesn't really tell us anything. Cause well, how long is an act and what? Yeah. So he has the television show analogy, <laughs> but this is like a play. And this. Now we're in the theater. Yeah. Now we're in a theater. Well. Well, we still divide a, a TV story into acts, but okay. less. Sort of, but a seven-act movie is unheard scenes. of. So I don't know. Just like Homestuck. Oh my god. Was, yeah. That's what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the underlying... Thanks for bringing up Homestuck, Rollo. <laughs> yeah. Someone has to. I'm yeah, sorry. of course. The underlying theme of the one who inherits the soul is not limited to Shadowbringers, but also seems to be a theme for A Realm Reborn, Heavensward, and Stormblood as well. Ishida says, I think that's why it felt even more emotional to the players. Um... Famitsu, listening to what you uh, just said allowed me to realize once again how wonderful this story was. Mm, quite. Oh, God, there's so much like, oh, you're such a great guy. This game, great. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and That's just how they interview, you know? And At now Yoshida's point, just, just going to... making out. <laughs> well, it's getting funny because now he's doing just a quote. So he's just like, mm, yes, made me realize how wonderful the story was. Yours is a long road, my friend. And it stretches. I'm imagining like Yoshida just holding like the interviewer's hands, looking into their, to their eyes, yeah. and it stretches on to places beyond imagining. A skull in one hand. With your every step, these grand adventures shall grow more distant and faint, and there may there may come a day when you forget the faces and voices of those you have met along the way. On that day, I bid you remember this: that no matter how far your journey may take you. You stand where you stand by virtue of the road you walk to get there. For in times of hardship, when you fear you cannot go on, the joy you have known, the pain you have felt, the prayers you have whispered and answered, they shall ever be your strength and your comfort. This I hope, I believe, here at Memory's End. It wasn't like that in English. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it's not how the quote goes in No. So maybe it doesn't really feel right. Uh, this narration from the final scene of patch 5.3, where the warrior of flight ran towards the crystal tower, really symbolized everything. Um, Do you think you paraphrase that exactly? Or the Famitsu interviewers putting the, the full quote in there for <laughs> oh, God, his yeah. sake? <laughs> remember, uh, remember you walk long road. Yeah, remember and uh, memory where the you know your memory ends. <laughs> you know, um, Famitsu. It was an amazing monologue. I'd like to follow up with the next question, considering we're in the flow here. It, that's kind of your. That's how that's interviews dangerous. work. Uh, is there anything in Shadowbringers that made you feel the story had not done enough? If so, what would it be? Yoshida says, hmm, I've always wondered about this, but Shadowbringers is really full of good people all around. 
Rather, there are a lot of re relatable characters in the story. I would also say, I would go so far as to say, my game is perfect uh, in every way. <laughs> hey, uh, I mean, I didn't I say I want to know what happens to that weird talk in Rogadin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I want to know his backstory. <laughs> Which is exactly why I thought I'd, uh, you'd give that role to Sin Eaters, Yoshida. No, I that's not agree. it. With Yoshi P saying that, like, there's not many, like, villain, outright villains in Shadowbringers. No. They go no. No. Kind of thing. No. Um, yeah, no, that's not it. Many in the first see Sin Eaters as simply an enemy that must be defeated. Warriors of Darkness fought them all over the first, and saving people was the momentum that kept the Warrior of Darkness moving ever forward. This structure felt really good to us. However, when everyone just kept moving forward, it was hard for me to understand why Tristel, the painter dismissed by the, by the Chais and ordered by Valthry to hurt himself, sorry, to hurl himself off Yulmore, later forgave them for their actions. This bothered me a lot and still does to this day. Laughs. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of stuff with some of the Yulmore, Yulmore things. They're just like, yeah, you guys are brainwashed. Yeah, I, I was cool being your slave. Like you know, it happens. Yeah, let's let's figure it out. Yeah, when they free yeah, we'll still live outside the main city. We we're fine with our little shacks, and you live oh, your okay, life in luxury. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they freed them, and it was like, oh, let's work together then, lads. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, uh, just, I don't know. Yulmo was handled a bit. Yeah, Yulmore yeah. was an odd one. is like one rushed. of those instances where they're like, oh, we have so much stuff we can tell about this fucked up place, but we don't really have time to resolve all of it. We can introduce all this no. shit, but we don't have time to resolve it all. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that incident happened in Amity, located on the clifftop. Uh, Yoshida says, Tristel gave Alfino his art tools as his thanks for being saved by the Warrior of Darkness from drowning. That random chance of fate led him to reunite with Chinus. Nuss. Uh, now that you mentioned this, that development really was something, despite being unsure of what to do. Yoshida says, for that scene, I even prepared my own line. It went something like, <clears throat> I'll never forgive you for the rest of my life, and I never want to see your face again. However, for the sake of the person who saved me and that young man, I'll work with you for now. But do not forget, I'm not doing this for your sake. Or something to that effect. That's not what he says. <laughs> That's killer. Oh, God. Um, Famitsu. The tone felt like that, too. Yoshida says, In the scene where the giant Talos rises up to form a bridge to Mount Golg, you witness the achievements that the Warrior of Light acting as the Warrior of Darkness had accumulated and gathered into one singular moment. However, I was really troubled that someone so easily forgave the people who forced him to jump from the top of Yulmore, even with the sea below to cushion his fall. I would think to myself, I was just an honest painter who draws pictures, and even though Shadowbringers was really entertaining for a piece of work, that one scene itself turned out to be a prickle, and it concerned me. However, I do realize the importance of having that slight prickle here, too. Hmm. That, exper <laughs> that experience uh, itself made me turn it over, to my m over in my mind for two days straight. Oh, God. Two days prickle. Mm, two days prickle. Um, okay. So what happened to the replacement text in the end? Uh, Yoshida. After I shared my thoughts with the team, they decided to leave it as is. For one, it was Vo- It was Vo- <laughs> What? 
Yeah. They ignored me. They... <laughs> Two days of my life wasted. They decided to leave it as it is, he says bitterly. For one, it was Vothri who directly ordered the jump, not the Chais. I think Tristel probably painted the picture in his own way, just like how Alphino did, and Nuss simply did not like it. But then again, everything about the first environment and situation at the time was truly terrible, and it necessitated a good look at the current overall picture. So, Tristel might have thought it thought the same, and that's his character. That was how I interpreted it. I do think that it's good for Shadowbringers to have a story flavor like that. Justice for Tristel. Yeah, justice for Tristel. Yeah. Well, he's happy with his lot in life, as <laughs> the story is written, Rollo. True, true. <laughs> he's, he's giving... No, I'm not going to make that reference, actually. <laughs> okay, all right, let's okay. move on. Yoshi P chooses his three favorite scenes. I would like for you to tell us your favorite scenes, ranging from the start of Shadowbringers to patch 5.5's main story. You can answer it from the perspective of a player, or you could answer it as a developer of Final Fantasy XIV. Yoshida says, in a way, I was the first player to e ever, <laughs> actually, I was the first player ever to play Shadowbringers, so it wasn't easy to choose a favorite among all the scenes. But if I have to pinpoint one while speaking as a creator here, my favorite scene would be the scene where Orianje had a conversation with Reen. Hmm. Mm. All right. Um, the scene that, oh my god, Ken-san uh, which is the voice actor, the, the Japanese voice actor of Orianje, and Wedge, and Wedge acted live during Digital Fan Fest 2021, I take it. Uh, Yoshida says, It was the scene where Orianje relayed his own thoughts out loud for the first time. Since he's a person with sharp senses, he probably knew that the Warrior of Light and Thancred were nearby. Nevertheless, I was really happy from the bottom of my heart to be able to prepare a moment for Orianje to speak his thoughts so directly, and that really displayed his character, his character growth. After all, Orianche has been a character full of questionable and shady decisions, making him, making him, making, huh? Decision-making, sorry. Shady decision-making ever since the Meteor Project from Legacy 14. Laughs bitterly again. Yeah, Orianche has always been very... Meteor Project. He was, yeah, he was uh, shady in 1.0 as well. Like, he was yeah, always, Orianche you never... Actually triggered the meteor project yeah um, in fact he's he is bahamut yeah no he well. i don't i don't remember the full 1.9 msq oh. but uh, he, he was uh he was definitely when i came back in our realm reborn i'm like oh, oh there he is again it's like you don't really know and he was like that like we brought up warriors of darkness that's yeah. when he was the peak sus yes. he was super shady he yeah. changed clothes one one day you'll tell me when you get up to that part in the <laughs> Yes, yes, I will remember then. Um, I, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh -huh. Isn't like the first time you see Orianje 1.1, uh, 1.0, he's like, hey, what's up? Here's some raptors to attack you. Bye. Yes, that is <laughs> one of... bizarre Yeah, like that. I think that's literally the first time you meet Orianje, yeah. <laughs> so he's sus, like, right off the gate. He's like, who are you? Unleash the raptor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Release the raptor. He's like Mr. <laughs> Burns of the of Aeos, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I also thought he always had some kind of ulterior motive at that time. Laughs, Famitsu. Uh, Yoshida says, he finally experienced personal growth to be able to express his true thoughts. He became a character who would say, I'm not very good with crowds. It took me a long time to figure this out. It deeply moved me because the game had become capable of creating such a moment for growth. 
Another moment that left a strong impression on me was the scene where Thancred confronted General Ranjit, who was chasing after Reen and the others. In fact, that scene is the one I requested to help rewrite the dialogue. Famitsu says, what was insufficient here? <laughs> Yoshida says, I think this is a question maybe even the writers weren't sure about. It was the part about how Thancred truly thinks both of Asilla and Reen. Oh, this is, this is the, the point that uh, got mistranslated. Mm -hmm. um, oh, oh, this is that bit. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told them to make Thancred be direct and honest to both his sister's uh, figure and his daughter figure. Uh, after letting both... Wait, what does that refer to? Just... One of them... Oh, sister figures. Sister oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. After letting both the Warrior of Light and Reen escape, I had him shout, Not another step. Your fight is with me. And both of them duked it out after that. At that point, I just wanted them to make clear what Thancred's relationship is with both of them. After the battle, you can see Thancred collapsed with his arms and legs wide open. And I was really particular about the way in which he collapsed when we were modifying the scene as well as his appearance. Since he shouldn't have much time to spare in finishing such a fierce battle with General Ranjit, but for Thancred, who is a secondary character, it's natural to be careful about how he looked as he's about to collapse to his death, even if no one was around to watch at that time. Including the part where his last words left unvoiced. I do believe we managed to express how cool a man like Thancred was during oh, that moment. So cool. Initially, Thancred felt like a complete stranger to me, but the fact that I was actually able to feel how far he'd come after 10 years of working on 14 was a big deal to me. Thancred's so cool. He's so cool. He can put left his voice. I'll say that is very Thancred to be like. I need to die specifically in this puff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is the uh, comic book guy when he gets covered in the, in the stuff. Yeah. I've had that same feeling when I was in a car accident. I was like, I can't let them see me like this. <laughs> <laughs> I had to like sit up straight even though I fucked up my back. <laughs> oh, God. Then what about the story from patch 5.1 and beyond? This was already mentioned previously, this is Yoshi P. But my favorite was the final scene of patch 5.3 where the Crystal Exarch's monologue was spoken, while the Warrior of Light, after returning to the source, races to the Crystal Tower. When I watched that scene, I felt that n Oh, not Chan? That's... I've never heard him That's Ishikawa's affectional nickname. Um, oh, oh. Definitely created those words for the development team. Laughs. It was a monologue... Uh, that brought home the point of not betraying the path made by oneself. So speaking from the perspective of the development team, the words spoken by the Crystal Exarch are definitely words that we can reflect upon. Uh, Famitsu, I can see that the Crystal Tower, a familiar f f sight since the Realm Reborn, acted as the summation of the entire story. Yoshida says, For us, who have been involved in the development and operation of the game for a long time, it is something akin to an adventure. No matter what happens in the future, the game we've made thus far will never betray us, and we can think of that as a way for us to accept things. Therefore, there's a little part of me that thinks that she was attempting to make the development team shed a tear, <laughs>, laughs, and it's just like her to come up with these kinds of dialogues. By the way, there's a scene in Shadowbringers that acted as the counterpart to that monologue, and I wonder if you remember. Oh? Um... Yoshida says, Right before the giant Talos makes contact with Mount Golg, there is a scene where the Crystal Exarchs 
Exarch takes a break with the Warrior of Darkness beneath the shadow of a rock. I suggest you revisit that one. You can also use the Unending Journey to check it out, and if you'll... F- and if you do, you'll find it's a scene that acts as a counterpart to the aforementioned monologue. If you have time, I encourage you do so. Wow, wow, wow. There you go. Mm. Go revisit that. Um, how much do we have left? There is a lot left. A lot. Jesus yeah. wept. I, I think About we just halfway. hit the halfway point. <clears throat> so, hmm. probably worth leaving the rest. The problem is that we will not be able to come back to this... In at least so two maybe weeks. just push us into an XL. We can't skip the post show. We have this isn't worth an XL episode. We have okay. we're gonna have an XL episode next week, probably. Um, mm. You know what? We'll. I mean, this interview is not going anywhere. It's not time sensitive. We've got a month. Yeah. So sure be I say we put a pin in it for now, okay. and then we will return to this uh, in two weeks' time, probably. So we will mm-hmm. we will not come back to this next week because we have the media tour to 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 yeah, go that through. Makes sense. All right, we've pinned it. We'll be back. It's very very interesting interview, but it is very long, and this mm-hmm. is just part one of the interview. So yes. there's a lot here. So right. part two will be about the patches more specific oh yeah this is more just about 5.0 yes that's true uh but we need to um we need to pull a minimum my level dungeon so um (gasps) you need to guess um i i want i want hell's lid today i'm in a hell's lid kind of hell's lid huh okay good choice Mm -hmm. i want i don't want this but stone vigil hard okay stone vigil hard saint mosian's hard St. Mosian, I'm just going to keep going. Uh, what did we do last week? We did the twinning. The twinning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys just bullied me the entire time. Yeah, was there was that... a weird energy. Weird energy. Was that blindfolded? No. No, no that was no yeah, tank no, stance. No no and what was yeah, before then? Was... was that blindfolded? Yeah. That was, we did, yeah, it was uh, blindfolded before then. The airy. The All right. You need to include that Twitter post that, like, coincidentally happened just after. God, yeah, the, that was so the, clever, wasn't that it? Episode of what? Minimum I Love. There was a Twitter post from this 14 Twitter account where they said, "Remember, tanks always turn on your tank stances or something." Along oh, those lines. I see. Oh, yeah. They're watching us. Mm. They love Minimum I Love. Shout out! All right, uh, here we go. Still too full to like. Come on, St. Mercy and Hard. Alright. I'm gonna dig deep this time. I'm gonna go far in oh, here. Oh, yeah. Get, get your whole... Get it up to your wrist. Okay. There we go. Okay. It'll be... Oh, it's two... I'm picking this one. That's it. <clears throat> here it is. And it is... Oh, shit. It's Siren Song C. Oh. I love Siren Song C. Hmm. This can uh, be difficult with some of such a good start to an expansion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see what the wheel has in store for us. Um, wheel, here we go. You need to replace... I already. I think I already have. Oh, you already did. Yes. All right, spin. We first are... person! Give us first person! Controllers. I love first person. No job, Chris. Oh... oh. 
Oh no. 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 What are you going to play around with? <laughs> I, I have Warrior. Oh, yeah, Warrior. Oh, yeah. A, a gladiator. Uh, no. No, Marauder. Uh, Marauder. Mm. All right. Well, that's going to happen tomorrow. Make sure you catch that. Um, yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back. So, yeah, I'll be Conjurer. Conjurer, Georgi. What are you going to be? Arcanist. Arcanist. Oh, my oh, God. You're going to be so useless. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> And Rolla, what will you be? Sorry, did you say? I'll be Marauder. Oh, Marauder. Okay, I see. Ra Marauder, Thaumaturge, Arcanist, and Conjurer. Doing Siren Song C tomorrow, so make sure you tune in for that. Remember to follow on Twitter at SpeakersXV, Twitch.tv, SpeakersFile, and YouTube.com, SpeakersXV, exclamation Discord in chat. If you want to join our Discord server, you're watching on demand, links in the description. Remember to send us Mogmail at SpeakersXV.com slash Mogmail. Stay tuned for the post-show. We'll be answering questions from the Syndicate and watching Minimum Eye Level Sorkai. See you there. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've just listened to an episode of Speakers of Eidolon, produced by Speakers Network. Producer for this episode was Lukeel Bravestone. Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy XIV is a registered trademark of Square Enix Holding Company Limited. If you would like to support the show, consider pledging to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash speakersxiv or buy some merch at teespring.com slash stores slash speakersxiv. Link to both of these sites, as well as our Discord server, is provided in the episode description. Thank you for listening to this Speakers Network production.